Oh. <laughs> uh, if that music doesn't get you G'd up for conversations in combat, I don't know what will. But welcome to episode three. I was just rocking out to our fancy new intro. This is uh, Conversations in Combat. I'm Ads, and I'm joined by my co-host, Bruins. How are you, my friend? I am great, and thank you. It is what a, what a conversation in combat it's going to be for today. Oh. Got it down there. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we're covering the Hall versus Strickland fight night. We're doing an in-depth UFC 265. Um, what's next for the winners and losers? We'll talk about the post-match presser. Our featured discussion is UFC interim champions, the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll cover our uh, upcoming UFC fight night, which is Kanani versus Gastel. Our celebrity yes, matchup. Our celebrity matchups. Video game edition, and then mm. um, yeah, we'll reveal next next episode. But let's get straight into it. I did not cover, I did not watch much of the card um, in regards to uh, Hall versus Strickland. Um, mm. A lot, a lot of things happening here in Sydney. We're in deep lockdown. What is it? Week seven, week eight, and um, yeah. you know, there was a lot of things happening around the house. But I did manage to catch the final fight. I know you watched it. Um, and I know we're not going to focus too much on the fight night, so I'll probably hand it over to you for that because we've got a lot of content in regards to UFC 265. So tell us what you thought about the Hall versus Strickland and what's next. I will tell you what I think about Hall versus Strickland, but first, mate, you look good in 1080p. I just want to, I just want to say, uh, like, um, but anyway, I'll get carried away. So to the fight night, <laughs> Hall versus Strickland. Um, yeah, look, you know, it was um, uh, it was another fight night. It, it wasn't anything too, you know, crazy. Um, not a lot of big names or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, a standard fight night card. Um, some of the standouts, though, I will just mention the welterweight fight that uh, occurred between Brian uh, Barberina and Jason Witt. That was a crazy fight. You know, my fight of the night. Um, that was fantastic. I do want to shout out uh, Melsic Bagdasarian, um, which is another contender series guy, and, and he absolutely put on a show and a half. Um, you know, Jared Gooden and Shane Byers were some good uh, finishers. So for me, actually, the first four fights of the main card were more entertaining than the main event. Um, you know, the main event was a bit strange. Um, it, it was a bit, uh, um, you know, Hall and... Um, uh, Sean Strickland, you know, Sean Strickland, uh, I'm not too much of a fan of that guy, personality-wise. He seems to say some pretty ridiculous things and talking about, you know, that he hopes that, you know, he seriously hurts someone in the octagon that they end up passing away and all this crazy stuff. Uh, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, that was in his post-fight uh, press conference. You know, all I'll say is yeah, Hall got uh, outclassed for pretty much five rounds and, Good on him for staying in there, and he, he showed a lot of toughness and a lot of heart, even at, at his age competing. Um, you know, a lot of people enjoy watching him fight. He's got some real highlight, real knockouts. Um, but, uh, you know, all the fights before that were great with all the finishes, um, and that was pretty much my take on the card. Like I said, it wasn't, you know, the, the biggest fight night um, that we've had this year. Yeah, look, um, overall, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um 
I don't know about the rest of them. I managed to catch the back end of the buys um, yep. fight before the main event started, but then um, that that was just a beautiful finish. And then you've got the main event, and yeah, like you said, it was a bit blur. But yep. in the larger scheme of things, they've been going nonstop these fight nights, the UFC pay per views, etc. And you know you're gonna get those blur cards, those average cards, yep. and you know it, it, it's due and. Um, we're just talking right before we uh, started filming. Um, there between in, within the next fortnight, there's only one fight night, and I think I think it's probably the best for the UFC in the scheme of things. You know, just just take a step back, you know, reassess and and give some of your fighters a rest because it's a high, it, it's a quick rotation, and you're seeing a lot of fighters fighters backing up where normally you'd see them fight once, twice, if you're lucky, three times, and some of them are just coming up week after week after week. So yeah. it, it is going to be interesting. But um, like I said, it's going to be nice and brief fight night um, review because what a card we had. And we'll just start yeah. on the um, – And let, do you have any uh, honourable mentions from the um, – I think the main event of the prelims, um, Dana mm-hmm. gave a fight of the night. In oh, his yeah. Office. And yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, it – it definitely, um, it definitely was up there, and I managed to catch. That was the only fight I caught on the prelims on live, um, because yeah, it was Sunday morning had other stuff to do before the main event. But uh, yeah, look, I think yeah, deservedly, there were a couple of fights that I could have said that were in the main card that deserved to be up there. But look, for a prelim, they both walked away with fifty k. You know, I, I think personally, uh, you know, Faiziv has a lot coming up for him. What do you think? Yeah, I agree, man. Um, that was definitely my fight of the night. It was a crazy scrap, fun to watch. Green and um, is it Faiziv? Faiziv, I can't even say it. Faiziv. Faiziv. <laughs> um, that'll go on the blooper reel, but for Zaire versus Green, you know, uh, just a just a top scrap, you know, just what fans want to see. Um, both guys tough, you know, just uh, back and forth action. Um, and and um, uh, for Zaire in his last couple of fights, you know, he really went viral because of that Neo Matrix, you know, dodge they would do for for you know a lot of kicks from his opponents, and that got him a lot of uh, a lot of uh, backing and fans. Uh, and then this, I think, just shot him even further. Um, you know, he's from the same country, I believe, as the Shevchenko sisters. So, you know, if that tells you anything, this guy, I think, has gone far. I want to see him against some top 10, top 15, um, but I only want that to happen after the Hasbullah fight. Yeah, look, I think that was probably the highlight of my night, um, him calling yeah. out Hasbullah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's definitely something that... Uh, yeah. It, Look, before we get to um, Hasbulla, uh, you know, I think we got to, I think we got to cover, um, I think we also got to cover, just like you said, um, he, he, it's all about, uh, it's all about, you know, your, you need to build a reputation to get seen in the UFC. And yeah. essentially, um Essentially, that's what he did. Um, he built his reputation, and like you said, 
those dodges and all of that, you know, it, it, it led to something that, um, you know, yeah. led to something more. And I think mm. that, um, I think that's the way you get your name seen. Now, the fact that he called out Hezbollah just shows the ball's on this man, right? Put him up on screen, <laughs> right? Now, <clears throat> he has that's, become, that's... He has become mm. a worldwide phenomenon, right? Yeah. And I'd love to see him in the octagon. I just... He, he said he wants his money fight to come fight him. For Zove, I, I, I'm not sure, mate. I, I, I don't think uh, you, you you know the potential fan base that Hezbollah does carry. And um, mm. I think we'll just leave that one at that because yeah. you don't know the fan base of Hezbollah. Um, so don't underestimate the power this man brings. But I think that just capped up, capped off what was a great fight. And we messaged yeah. each other instantly and it's like, did you hear that right? He called out Hasbro, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. Look, let's move on to the main card. Now, this is a fighter that you and I watched together on his debut in the UFC. And mm. it was more for the, you know, comic relief of his name. But Song Yadong versus Casey Kenny. Yeah. And i got to say, Yadong, he impressed. Look, often, you know, especially um, Yadong can impress, right? It's impressed many. Um, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's what he did on, on, on Sunday. Um, you know, I think, look, in all seriousness, jokes aside, um, the, the, the kid's 23. He trains under Uriah Faber. Um you know, he's got a lot of potential. And like Dana said in the post-fight, you know, only 23 years of age. Imagine how good, and he's already that good because he's really talented. He's a great fighter, exciting, fun to watch. Very quick, man. My God, was he fast in that fight. Um, imagine what he's going to be like at 26 or 27. You know what I mean? Um, oh, look, so, and, and I think um, I think for a 23-year-old, he's, he's made um, a fair few appearances on both prelim cards to the pay-per-view and on the pay-per-view main card. But um, I think, you know, 23, he started young, right? Yeah. He started young. If this was Contender Series, Dana would have said, go to Bellator or something, get some experience and then come back. I'd love to see you here. Um, but overall, it was 116 significant strikes to 70. And it just shows the agility of Yadon. Now... I don't know how many people out there have ever questioned the agility and the movement of Yadong, but, you know, sometimes you, you've seen him in previous fights and it, it's always hard when Yadong comes out stiff, right? But um, you know what? He was nice. He was natural. He was flowing and, you know, <laughs> you know, no one likes a stiff dong, but at the end of the day, he came out firing. Uh, yeah. Look, and, when you don't come out firing, um, you, you really got to take shelter because it, it's coming, it's coming hard and it's coming fast. And if you don't get out of the way of your dong, you're going to end up with a split decision. And that's not what the UFC wants. The UFC hey, wants finishing. Want they dog. want your dong to finish. You don't want to split dong. <laughs> no, you want your dong to finish. 
<laughs> and, and, and look, it came down to a, a, a third round decision, but I think rightfully so. And before uh, YouTube cuts us because of our uh, constant puns <laughs> or, uh, surrounding your dong, um, yeah, look, what's next for your dong? Um, I think he needs a rest. Yeah. Um, I think you've got to rest your dong. You can't have it out there. And I don't know, who do you think's next for song? Um, you know, I was actually thinking Sean O'Malley. I would like to see Dong and Mali fight, all right? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, Dong has proven to be – I think his last fight, it was a bit of a contentious decision, um, the card. Um, but you know what? All It was. It gets to that, but then he came out and he showed something completely different. And I think yeah. – you know what? I'd love to see Sugar Show take on um, – take on uh, Yadong because, you know what, none of them can be stiff on that fight. But let's move on before, I, you know, we get too, too, too wrapped up in talking about Dongs. Um, Torres versus Hill. Yeah. It was very, very entertaining from the neutral mm. perspective, but one-sided. One-sided. Yeah. Very one-sided. Yeah. Um, Significant strikes, 144 to 96, uh, 166 total strikes to 99. And in you've got to think it's a 15-minute contest, right? Mm. It, it, it's not a main event. And she was just landing and landing and landing. Um, but, yeah, I think dominant, dominant performance. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, man. Not much more else to say on that. It was, um, <laughs> you know, she came out, put a lot of pressure on. And, um, you know, just Hill tried, but just ultimately didn't have an answer. And that's that's what happened. But good fight. Yeah, no, look, I think there's not much to say on that. Um, and, and, and it brings, mm. us to, brings us to one of the shortest – well, it is the shortest fight of the main card, but it's also the fight which, oh, it was so interesting for the whole three minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, Michael Chiesa versus Luke. Um, mm. I'm a betting man. I had Luke uh, Chiesa in a submission to win via submission. Yeah. And overall, um, I think he had him in three different submissions before Luke came and submitted him. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think Dana hit the nail on the head. Not Dana, one of the um, – I think one of the – uh, what's his name? Uh, journalist hit the nail on the head. Luke Edwards. What the? F that's the fight to make. Ooh, oh, that's good. Actually, yeah, I that's think a good one. Luke Edwards. I think Luke is not ready for a title fight. Um, Dana said Edwards has only had one fight in the last two years. Um, we all know what's happening in that division with the Covington Usman two. Um, mm. you know so. Yeah, it's the fight to make, and I think it's the fight we all want to see after that performance. What do you think, Ads? I agree, bro. 100% agree. Um, you know, I was even thinking, you know, Luke Masvidal, but when you're looking at the position he's in, you know, yeah, he'll arguably a bigger name, but Luke Edwards is just as big of a fight, um, and if he wins that, then he's, you know, solidified himself as the next guy for Usman. There's no one else. You know, at this point, it really is only Edwards who could be next for, for, for Usman anyway after Covington. So if Luke can go out there and do it, I agree he needs one more fight. I agree. Um, you know, he's just broken into the top five now. 
Um, it, it shouldn't be, well, the champs beat everybody else in the top five, so we're just going to give them the tops, one, the, the seventh-ranked contender. Well, no, that, that person needs to fight their fights to get the shot like everyone in the top five did. Um, so yes, you do this. Unless you knew Nunes, then they don't have a choice. But um, yeah, I, top twenty, I, I, I yeah, like you fight Nunes. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly right. Um, no, I like that idea, man. I like that idea. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, look, um, I think it, that's that's really that's really the fight now. I didn't think I needed to say it until it was mentioned, and now I need to say it. And I think it'd be yeah. a cracker undercard or a cracker fight night um, main event. Um, I'd love to see them to win five rounds. If you're going to fight for the title, what better way to um, do it than a five-round main event on a fight night? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, look, the the co-main for this fight was meant to be uh, Pena Nunes, and we did mention um, previously that, you know, who's who's more to, more going to watch that fight if, to see if Nunes loses rather than can Nunes win. Um, but that fight was ultimately scrapped. And um, we will talk more about that in our feature preview. Um, but the co-main which was brought forward was Aldo Munoz. Mm. Um, and what a fight. Aldo, yeah. every time I see him, I feel like he's 50. He's only 33, but he shone, and he shone extremely well. He was dominant. And... Mm. It, it, it reminded me of, you know, the the Aldo that fought McGregor. Mm. Uh, yeah. Can you can you deny him? You know, well, we know, you know, Jan Sterling's locked in, but is the next fight going to be Aldo? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the one thing with Aldo, man, is ever since he's come down to bantamweight, um, you know, he's been an absolute contender. Really, the the first bantamweight fight he had was against Marais, who was the number one contender at the time. Um, and and even though Marais won the fight, we all remember That's what not. happened there, right? So Dana gave Aldo the the vacant uh, belt with with Jan uh, to Aldo, even though he lost that fight because they thought he won. Um, yeah. And even even in the Jan fight, yes, it finished quite brutally. Um, but he, he had some great moments where he really showed that he belonged there. And then ever since that, man, he's just been shown that, like you said, he's that sort of Jose Aldo of old, the, 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 the guy that was the King of Rio featherweight champion, 10 years, destroying everybody. And you see it, man. He looks phenomenal. Like, he looked so good. Looks so good. And he's, he's, he's striking, he's boxing, is unbelievable. If he decided to move to boxing, man, like, but that's a whole other conversation. So I actually think it's time for Dillashaw versus Aldo. Yeah, oh, definitely. And and I think that's the matchup to make. And like you said, um, you know, he lost to Peter Yarn. It was a fifth-round TKO. You know, yeah, it could have been stopped in the fourth, but still, you know, you've mm. dropped down, you've shed all this way. Then he had the decision against Vera, which, mm, you know, people were umming and but, this one here just solidified this man's not – he didn't drop down to bantamweight to muck around. Simple as that. No. And no. I think um, I think he just looked really good. And um, 
and, and people said, you know, he looks sick and stuff like that. And Connor came out, and I think I've mentioned it earlier on a different podcast that we've done. Um, Connor came out and said it takes a lot to drop down and cut. And Connor even commended how well he looked. Um, you know, and that's coming a lot. Uh, uh, that, that's a lot coming from a man who just likes to talk shit, essentially. Um, so, yeah. you know, overall, I, yeah. Look, I think uh, Dillashaw Aldo is probably, you know, the winner gets the winner of Jan Sterling. Simple. Um, I think that's the only fight to make um, in that division now, um, and it, it, I think will be the most interesting, but. The fight that we all came to watch, um, and it was the fight which determined the winner of uh, the next uh, heavyweight main event um, and title fight, and it was an interim title fight, championship title fight between Derek Mabolz's hot Lewis, to <laughs> um, who was beaten by Cyril Gain, Garne, Gan, Gan. In a third round knockout, but it was a clinic. It was mm. a clinic, and Dana said it in his um, post match conference. He looked like he might have been at heavyweight, but he looked like he was a he moved like a middleweight. He moved like a Whitaker. He moved like an Adesanya. He just had that agility. But um, what do you think? Uh, is he the real deal? Is he going to give him going to a, a, a run for his money? That's it. I think so, man. I, I, I really think so. Uh, I, and I've said this to you a few times. When I first saw Garn fight in the UFC, I can't remember what fight it was, <clears throat> but I remember watching the way he was moving and I said to myself, this dude is going to be something pretty special. Maybe champion, I don't know, but he's going to do pretty well. Um, because I remember watching him and the first thing I said was, he's a heavyweight, but he moves like Adesanya. And... Yeah. And then I watched him fight after fight after that, just and saw his rise. And then when this got announced, I, I thought to myself, it's the first time I picked someone to to become a, a champion and, and get it right. He there's something special about Gun. You know what I mean? You can feel it when you're watching it. The the, yeah. the way he fought Derek Lewis, right? Who second to Ngannou has the most power in that division. He didn't fight him. Like he was scared or like he didn't want to get hit by the big right hand. He fought him like he didn't mean shit. Like no disrespect, but that's how he hands down, light on the feet, bopping in and out. No respect. And no respect, but the, the technicality and the precision and the speed and the shot selection, the fight IQ, like and the way he dealt with the pressure of a main event in somebody else's hometown. Flawless. Absolutely flawless. Perfect. Absolutely flawless. I'm, I'm a fan. And yeah. yeah, all I was gonna say, bro, is watching him yesterday. I and this is gonna be a big call, but I think he gives Ngannou a bit of a run for his money. And I think what we witnessed yesterday, and if you've watched Garn's previous fights, I feel like we're seeing the heavyweight version of Anderson Silva. When Anderson yeah, Silva first showed up in the UFC, that was something special to watch, and you didn't know it at the time. Some people might have known, but there was a feeling. And then look what he went on to do. I feel like Cyril Garn might be that next person. Yeah, and look, I think, um, I think, yeah, he, he, like you said, he dominated, absolutely dominated. There was one point; it was 107 strikes total to three. 
you know, and that was that was deep into the second or the start of the third round. And I think it, it ended up finishing 112 strikes to 16, right? Wow. 112 strikes to 16. All right, Derek Lewis relies on his on his um one shot power, but he just shut him down altogether. Um, and you know he, he did the same thing against Rosenstrike. You know everyone said Rosenstrike mm. would have been his first real challenge, challenge. You know after he beat JDS, um, and then he went through Volkov, and he he does it in different ways. He's had a couple of submissions in the UFC, a couple of knockouts, a couple of decisions, and. Yeah, you know, he, he worked the body, he worked the legs, he worked the head, and, and he was gripping his gut, um, Derek Lewis. And what was his – why was he holding his gut, Adam? What was the reason? Probably because he, he had, had to, to shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. I had to mm. shit. And I was like, no, man, you got beat the fuck up. Yeah. Sorry for my language. Yeah. But essentially and, – and, and I feel – I feel he's got the fight IQ of John Jones and the maneuverability of Arasanya, right? Yeah. And I just think it's fantastic. Um, at the same time, he lo- if he does lose to Wingano, which I feel could potentially happen, um, I could see a nice Garn versus Blahovich matchup happening, um, you know, him dropping down and him taking that fight would just look phenomenal if he can. I just think mm. if he was to drop down, he would run riot around the light heavyweight division just because of the man he is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and, and, and like we said earlier, it was an interim title fight, um, and that means that he is next in line to fight Nganu. Um, there is a nice backstory behind Nganu and Cyril, mm. they trained together in France. They were uh, sparring partners, you know. So yeah. there is a history there, um, you know. So it will be an interesting fight. Um, and for all of our fans looking, listening, you know, Derek Lewis, what's next for him? Potentially John Jones, but that's not until 2022. Dana's already come mm. out and said, John Jones will not be in the octagon this year. Um, I'm not sure the reasoning why, but... That's 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 what's been said. So overall, um, we know what's next for Nganu, and that was determined. I'm quietly happy that that's the case. Um, I feel Derek Lewis uh, shot himself in the foot per se. Rather than wait a month to get your title shot, you lose the interim title shot. So there's a couple more fighters in line before you now. So um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, essentially that's virtually um, everything that we had to cover for this episode. Uh, this fight card. Is there anything else you yeah. wanted to mention? No, I don't think so, bro. Um... I think the other only other thing I'd say is you could potentially consider Lewis Stipe. Mm. I I always thought it would have been Stipe Jones. Um, you know, so do I. But if but anything's possible, if Stipe, if Stipe doesn't want to wait till twenty twenty two, then he wants to get a fight in this year. Maybe, you know, maybe. Maybe, but um, your featured discussion this week is UFC interim champions, the pros and the cons. So, 
for our viewers out there, an interim champion, give them a definition. What's it mean? Well, interim technically means, you know, intervening time, right? So just the the time in between two two spots. So um, generally what an interim championship could be described as Bruins, I'd probably say is like a temporary title. You know what I mean? Where you've got you've won the interim championship, but you are not the unified champion until you have a, a unification bout with the actual champion. Um, so to give some context around the situations where we might see an interim championship is a couple of things. Generally, the most popular way we get an interim uh, belt is the champion's injured um, and they can't fight for an extended period of time. As to not hold up the division, they put an interim um, title fight um, in place to then solidify who the number one contender is for the champion when they're healthy to fight. Um, you know, and, and that does a lot of things. There's a lot of pros, there's a lot of cons. Some people hate it, some people like it. Um, you know, this one was a bit of a strange one to me because it wasn't an interim championship because the champion wasn't ready to be active or the champion was inactive. It was because Dana wanted to solidify who the top contender was between the two best guys in that division and he needed to put on a main event before Ngannou was going to be ready. So it can be used for a lot of things to keep the sport going, to keep the divisions going. But a lot of people don't like it for some reason. And that's what I wanted to explore with you, bro, was, you know, what what is your opinion of interim titles and how do like you it. feel about them? Don't like I it? Honestly, I, I, I don't like it. Um, we, we potentially could have seen an interim fight um, between uh, Poria McGregor in late January, early February, um, when Habib said he had retired, but he technically hadn't retired, so we didn't know there was that limbo period. Um, yeah. But in, in, the, in the case of an injury, um, essentially, unless it's a career-ending injury where mm. you've announced the interim, let's say, for instance, Nganu was injured and then they did the interim title, and then Ngannou retires because he's injured. Well, you've got your champion, right? Mm, but yeah. at the same time, we know Ngannou wasn't injured. And most of the time, we know that the injury isn't career-ending. Um, I don't like the idea of this belt. And I, I, I'll throw it back to an example where Tony Ferguson was interim champion. And he never got that title shot. And yeah. yeah. You know what? You're given the same like you're the interim champion. You're not the you're not the official unified champion, but at the same time, um, you know, you should have this. The, the word champions next to your name, so you should have the same rules apply to you. And if you can't make that fight, well, guess what? The next time you fight the champion, your next championship fight, you're the one that's going to take it. Whereas Tony Ferguson was thrown around the ropes. So it clearly doesn't work in some instances. And you see the interim belt um, you utilise not just in the UFC but in boxing, et cetera. And it, it, it's tight and it, it, it's tough, um, especially in boxing where you contend for the belt probably once a year, if that. 
Um, you know, you'd be lucky to get two fights in a year for a belt. Um, but in the UFC, it is so regular. And we've seen due to COVID that it, it, it's it's a sport where you need to be active and you don't need an interim title fight, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, Dana could have easily said, all right, you're the main event. It's a five-round fight. Um, the winner gets in gun. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. It, like he said to the winner of McGregor Poirier, gets Oliveira, you know. And you, you know, we called it today, the winner of Edwards versus um, Luke gets this, you know. So you're throwing all of these potential bouts out there, um, but you didn't make any of them interim champions. Yeah. And yeah. what I found extremely surprising was Benner, whose fight championship fight was called off due to COVID um, and in with the Nunes camp, she asked for an interim title fight, and this was confirmed in the post-match press conference, and Dana said no. And he goes, it's apple to oranges, you know. You're comparing the men's heavyweight to the women's where everyone's a contender for the title because you could be ranked 16 and still get a title shot because Nunes has absolutely cleaned out both divisions. But at the same time, I feel... Well, Dana promised her she's next. Do the same. Don't create these fake belts because then what happens if two weeks before the fight, Cyril gets injured, right? Mm-hmm. Or Cyril contracts COVID. Or a month before the fight, Cyril contracts COVID or gets injured. You're not going to tell the current champ, no, you're not fighting. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? Um, you know, sometimes I feel like it's the fill in a pay-per-view. Um, but, yeah, I, I used to be a fan of it, but the whole Tony Ferguson situation um, and what developed from his situation really left a sour taste in my mouth when it came to interim champs. And you know what? The Ferguson-Habib fight was one we really, really, really wanted to see for years, and we just never got to. So I think overall, yeah, there are pros in the sense of you get your pay-per-view, you can stack it a bit more, you know, it would have been a fantastic pay-per-view without entitling an interim championship, you know. You could have had the Nunes-Pena fight. It worked out in the favour of Dana when Nunes contracted COVID and there was technically no belt on the line when, oh, well, we've got the interim championship. But then we've seen Dana pull belts out of his ass, the Diaz-Masvidal <laughs> fight, you know. So, you know, I'd love to see that belt get thrown around a bit, you know. It, it, yeah, it's a made-up belt, but, <laughs> you know, it, it was entertaining to say the mm. least. You know, you had The Rock put the belt on Masvidal, you know. Mm. It, it was something mm. phenomenal, but I don't know. I don't personally, I, I'm not a fan of it in the sense of the same rules don't apply to the champion, even though you're technically classified as an interim, a stand-in champion um, for the better way of putting it. But what are your opinions on it? Yeah, look, bro, largely I agree with you. And I think I, I, <clears throat> my opinion is a bit different on the BMF side of things. I'd, I'd prefer that that belt and that situation stay as a one-of-one one time thing 
just out of fear that I don't want the UFC as they start to throw around new belts and whatever, illegitimize the sport and make it sort of become a bit more of a, a WWE type situation where it's just about, it's still a sport at the end of the day and I don't want it diluted with a bunch of made up belts. So, but that same thing could be said with the interim side of things. I guess the only saving grace is that, you know, it's still a, for lack of a better term, championship belt. Um, but I think you're exactly right. It's, it's used as a way to fill pay-per-views. Um, you know, every pay-per-view's got a title fight. If, if you know, yesterday's pay-per-view was just a main event between Lewis and Garn with no title on the line, does it have the same weight as a, a pay-per-view with a title? No, it doesn't, right? And you're not going to put the heavyweights as a main event when the before the co-main got cancelled with Nunes. You're not going to put the heavyweights as a main event and then the women's featherweight or bantamweight as the co-main, that's a title fight. And then the main event's not a title fight. So it's a way to structure the pay-per-views, like you said. Is that the right thing to do? Maybe not, right? But uh, that, unfortunately, that's the reality. I don't mind it when it's done for the right reason. That That's my opinion. In this instance, I don't think it was necessary, right? Like you mentioned, you know who the number one contender is, whoever wins this fight. I don't think it was necessary, and it really was just to beef up the pay-per-view. But at the end of the day, if you do have a champ who's out for a year because of an injury, you don't want the division to get stale, and you don't want the, the people in that division to get the shits and go, well, I'm fighting my ass off two to three times a year, winning fights, trying to get to the belt, and now i got to sit here and wait because the champion's got a sore leg or, or broken arm or whatever. That's going to piss off your fighters. What, right. what if? What about this perspective, right? Now, we saw earlier this year Adesanya venture to the light heavyweight um, mm-hmm. and take on Blahovic. Now, I'm all for an interim title fight if Adesanya wins that belt because unlike the women's division and all credit to the women, moving between divisions at the men level, the male level, is extremely hard especially between middleweight and light heavyweight where you're really bulking it on or you're really mm. cutting it, right? And and there's a massive discrepancy. So if Adesanya won that, I would have loved to have seen an interim fight because it encourages Adesanya to keep um, motoring through the light heavyweight division and provides him a new challenge because we saw what happened um, with the whole division. Um, mm. But at the same time, it also uh, it, it keeps the middleweight division rolling. And yeah. it's definitely not something. But like you said, this was not an instance where the interim belt should have been utilised. I, I think no. it, it was an instance where, you know what, if Nunes was still there, the fight was still there, she's the main event because she's always been second to you know, another title fight. She's the main event because this is a fake title fight. You don't put a belt on the line and you just say, you're the number one contender. You get the winner of this gets um, Ngannou. Exactly how they did the McGregor Poirier three. The winner of this gets Oliveira. They get, they get, the, they get the title fight. And yeah. I just feel you, you, you mentioned throwing it around. 
throwing these belts around. And mm. okay, yeah, the BMF, the baddest motherfucker in the in the in the octagon. All right, yeah, you got Masvidal Street Jesus, the man who went bare knuckle with Kimbo Slice. But at the same time, Diaz, Diaz, when you've got people like McGregor throwing, you know, stuff through buzz windows, and I feel the BMF title is now something which you could make. No, not more of a one-of-one, one, but you could incorporate that into it because you look at you look at Masvidal, he's never fighting for the title again while Usman's champ. He's 0-2, no. right? Yeah. You look at McGregor, I can't see him winning again, but he went up and he beat uh, Cerrone. So he can fight at that division, but... Again, like you said, it's a made-up belt. You know, I'd love to see a lot more catchweight fights and stuff like that, but I don't know. I'd, you, I'd you, like to see more divisions, bro, rather than rather than more yeah, other more belts. Division, more definitely divisions more, more divisions, and, and you have a lot of cross-division champs. It opens the door yeah. a lot more. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, if you were to introduce, you know, a, a division between middle and light heavyweight, my rule would yeah. be you can only be champ of light heavyweight and this new division, right? Mm. Um, and you can't drop down to middleweight and get a third belt, you know, because it is extremely doable, right? We've seen, yeah. you know, John Jones could easily have dropped to that catchweight and then that, that new created division. But, um, yeah, I just feel, yeah, the BMF might have been a joke belt, but the fight on the 265 card was a joke fight, you know. It, it, okay. it, 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 no one was out for an extended period. The champ asked for one extra month and Dana yeah. just wanted to get the heavyweight fight. Um, And you know what? We've seen other fighters like Habib dictate when they're going to fight and you never saw an interim belt, you know. And they turned around and said, Usman, same thing, Habib, same thing. I'm fighting this person on this day. You know, I'm telling you what's happening. But I don't know if Engano's got the currency yet. But, yeah, that's probably my uh, my uh, vent, my rant. <laughs> You'll take on. In regards to uh, pros and cons for the interim title fight. Yeah. Yeah, look, bro, the last thing I'll say on this, I, I largely agree with you again, like I said. Look, they did it right with the Habib stuff because I think they did keep doing interim championships. The, the issue came from when they started stripping interim champions, right? You know what I mean? Um, they did the interim belt with Ferguson and and um, and all of that. Then they did another interim belt with him and Gaethje when Khabib was out again. So they've done it with Habib when he's been out for extended periods of time. And to me, that's acceptable. But where it then becomes messy is now I'm going to strip the 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 interim champion and give it to somebody else when the whole point is that's meant to be the next contender now i understand he was injured but he ended up coming back on the same card as mcgregor versus habib which should have been ferguson versus habib because he had the, the interim belt things like that don't add up and look i understand it's the nature of the game some things just don't go the way they're intended but i guess what my point is i start to not enjoy interim titles like you said when they're not done correctly. If you start acting like Oprah and throwing them out left, right, and center, here's an interim belt for you. You get an interim belt. You get an interim belt. All right, look under your chair. There's an interim belt. All right? 
Um, when you get to that point, it's a bit much. Other than that, I'm I'm largely cool with it. But that's my uh, my take. Look, I think that's perfect. Um, I think we'll leave it at that because yeah, we've gone in depth. Um, if there's any other featured discussions you'd like us to discuss and rant on about, um, leave a like, comment. Um, don't again, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe to um, uh, conversations in combat because that's the only way you'll know where bringing new content and let me tell you might some of our chats might not be too interesting but there's never a podcast where we're as batshit boring there's always something um but yeah mm. so if you do have an idea for an interim title fight uh interim title fight um <laughs> if you do have an idea for a feature you'd like us to run um by all means leave us a comment shoot us a dm i'd be more than happy to so moving up like i said there is a week's break before the next fight night um, which we only realised at the launch of this podcast. But it is a fantastic fight night main event. Um, it's a main event which did change due to, I don't know, I don't know if he still had the flu or not, but it was meant to be Kananir versus Costa. It did change to Kananir versus Gastelum. But yeah. the heart of this Gastelum, I think, my God, yeah. this is going to be something that we are, I think this is a great fight. I think it's a top fight. I love Gastelum. Fucking Gastelum. He's just an absolute legend. Steps up all the time. Yeah, I think as soon as the Vittori Costa fight got announced, you were like, oh, you mean, you mean Vittori Gastelum? (laughs) Um, Because he's probably going to, he's probably going to come in if uh, Costa pulls out again. But I'm very excited for that fight. The good thing about that for Gastelum is, when these guys keep pulling out of these top five fights, he jumps straight in. And every time he fights, he puts himself in the position to jump the queue straight back into the top five. So good on him. Uh, he's a great yeah, you know, he's a, he's a great fighter. Yeah, look, I think he's a fantastic fighter in that sense. Um, you know, it, it was um, it, because he did the ultimate fighter with Robbie. And... Mm. Um, Bobby Knuckles ended up uh, getting a hernia the week of fight week. Um, and it was in Melbourne, Australia, and we're quite excited for the fight and it ended up not going ahead. It was a fight we always wanted to see. Now we saw it. It was a fantastic fight and all credit to Gastelum, but... I think the loss to Adesanya fueled Whitaker in a different way and, and, and it fueled Whitaker in a way that, my God, he has absolutely completely changed. But Gastelum st- stood up, took the took the reins, you know. It was meant to be Whitaker Costa and Costa had the flu three months earlier and he couldn't fight. Um, so Gastelum did step in. Um, then it was meant to be Kananir Costa Um I don't know the reason this time, probably the flu, um, and Gastelum stepped in. But I feel this one's going to be a bit more entertaining. We saw what Whitaker did to Kanani. We saw what Whitaker did to Gastelum. Now, both these fighters have had a clinic put on them and a show put on them. But at the same time, Kanani is, you know, something special. Um, mm. You know, he fought Anderson Silva and he won. He fought Hermanson and 
he won, and that was a fight night um, main event as well. Yeah. Then COVID hits. He fights Whitaker and a clinic's absolutely put on him. And now this is his first fight of 2021 where I – if you said this to me at the start of the year, Kanye Gastelum, I would have – yeah, Kanye looks the, the, the goods here, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a good fight. Here's the thing about Gastelum. You can never count Gastelum out of any fight. You can, you, you just can't. Um, and Kanani and Gaslam, they're both really cool dudes, really good blokes, great fighters. It's a great matchup, and I'm really excited for that fight night. And um, it's going to be even more exciting given we've got a week of no fights. Um, you know, and some other good good fighters on the card: Clay Guida, um, you know, Austin Hubbard, Vince, uh, Vin Pichel, uh, Pantoja, Brandon Roy Val, a couple of other really good fights. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, man. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, you did touch on a fair few fighters, and there are a couple of fighters that, um, you know, the casual UFC fan wouldn't know too much about. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 it isn't one of your uh, fight nights that is, you know, the limelight. It, it's not, you know, one of those we've got to look at. But... Yeah, I, mm. I, I like it. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, there were a couple of other upcoming fights that were announced, um, which we won't cover who we think's going to win or lose, but you did mention earlier Vittori Costa was announced, which probably ended up being Vittori Gastelum. Um, but that was that was announced. Um, both fighters, the most recent fight was against Adesanya. Both fighters did lose to Adesanya. Um, so, you know, they both had a clinic put on them. Um, and, yeah, Usman Covington, too, mm-hmm. is apparently very close to being formally announced. Um, were there any other big-name fights that we missed? Uh, you got a couple of those. Brunson versus Tills happening in the next couple of months. Oh, sorry, in the next month. Um, you know, obviously we got Diaz, uh, as in Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler too, the 17-year rematch coming up uh, at 266. Um, you know, we know the Yarn Sterling rematch is meant to happen in November. Um, so yeah, a fair few fights that have been announced. I think Luke Rockhold, Sean Strickland has been announced. Um, uh, Holloway versus Rodriguez has been rescheduled. Um, yeah. So those those are all the ones I can remember. I think Makachev versus RDA um, yeah. was another one, and that's all I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, no, so look, they're, they're definitely the matchmakers are working extremely hard in the background, which is good. But one of my favorite segments, celebrity matchups. Now, I don't know what to think for this one. Um, I had that many different ideas come into my head. But <laughs> this 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 um this segment, this this today's episode of yeah. celebrity matchups was brought to you last week, uh, last podcast, sorry, by yours truly. And it is video game characters. It's the video game edition yes, of celebrity so. matchups. We've got to create a mad sequence that comes in pa 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 celebrity yeah. matchups. But, um, you know, I'll let you go first because you did run with it. What cool. is your celebrity, your video game matchup? I'll tell you who I think wins and then you tell me what the 
eventual outcome of your prediction is? We'll do, bro. We'll do. This was a hard one to come up with, but my video game character uh, matchup for this week's episode is Lara Croft Tomb Raider versus UFC 2's Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I should have done Conor McGregor versus Habib from USA 2. <laughs> exactly. I just thought about it. <laughs> there was a loophole with this one. There was a loophole. Right, look, you, you, you did. <clears throat> so just for all intensive purposes, I, had, I did come up with two matchups for myself because – just in case you did use one of my characters. And luckily I did because I had Laura Croft versus Zelda. But um, <laughs> you know what? We'll go down yet. So, uh, so what do you reckon? PlayStation 2 Tomb Raider or the remastered PS4 Tomb Raider? Nah, the remastered PS4, bro. Oh, well, you've got to give it to Angelina. Uh, Laura Croft, right? Mm-hmm. Um Say Angelina Jolie, you got to give it to Laura Croft in this instance. I just think I, you have to. I, I, I think to myself now, Laura Croft is one of the um, as a, as a teenage boy growing up, I always pictured you know if I was to meet a game chick and mm. she was to be my wife it would have been um you know laura croft mm. and the more i think about it the more well if i wanted a ufc fighter to be my wife uh, it would be, be laura croft. Laura croft, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it would be um laura croft now, for those who don't know, Adam, who is Laura Croft? She's the Tomb Raider, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you're presenting the name of the video game here, which, you know, definitely, you know, so... Lo- <laughs> it's a tough match. How do you think it, like, think it goes? Ronda Rousey was something special, you know? And mm. I think that, uh, you know, oh, well, Laura Croft well, has gun. <laughs> She's got a gun. Man, Rousey looks different. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> That's Laura Croft. All right. Yeah, uh, but look, um, to keep it interesting, right, I- I'm going to say Laura Croft, mounted crucifix, Rhonda gets out, rear naked choke. Who re-naked chokes who? Um, uh, <laughs> you tell me. I, I, I think Laura <laughs> I think Laura uh, I agree with you, and I'll tell you why that happens. If anyone's played the remastered PS4 ones, you can see that Lara Croft takes an insane amount of damage. Right? At the beginning of the game, she gets impaled with a rusty pipe and you, and she's still got about thirty six hours of gameplay in front of her, so she's t- she's a tough lady. Here's how I think it goes: 
you, you can't break Lara. She's going to get injured. She's going to keep coming forward. She's going to Tony Ferguson it. She's going to Chris Matinho it. All right? So Rousey goes for her standard move of get the armbar in the first round. Lara Croft's not going to tap, bro. Lara Croft's going to let her arm get broken, but she's not going to stop the fight. Sure, she'll fight with that broken arm. Now, we get some piece of crap ref who isn't paying attention, lets the fight go on. Rousey locks in an armbar. She's yanking this, bro, yanking it hard, snaps Lara's arm, right? And then she thinks she's won the fight, right? Rousey goes to get up, puts her hands up to go cheer. As she's starting to get up, Lara throws the hooks in, uses her one good arm, grabs around the neck, sinks in a one arm, that rear naked choke, it's over. Forget it. Rousey's lost the belt. Lara Croft's the new bantamweight champion. That's how that goes. Um, extremely detailed, i got to say. Yep. I love it. Yep. I really do love it. And I think, um, <laughs> I, think, I think our viewers would love to see that. But I'll bring in my matchup. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Now, this matchup comes from the heart. Um, and it is Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Ooh, okay. Okay. Scorpion okay, okay. from Mortal Kombat mm. into um, you can't see the new picture because I can't share it yet. Um, and and okay. I, I always muck up the pronunciation, but Scorpion mm. from Mortal Kombat versus Seamus from Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Seamus. <laughs> I removed you instead of removing Samus. Um, look, Fucking Seamus. Mate, it's been, it, it's, Seamus, mate, it's been a long time. I'm talking <laughs> Nintendo 64 Super Smash Brothers, not the new That's and improved uh, Nintendo That's Switch. Right, and I'm talking, so yeah, <laughs> Samus. <laughs> Versus uh, Scorpion, how do you see it going? Oh, that's a tough one because they both have like uh, extendable. You know what I mean? The yeah, is it, is it, okay, I see what you did there. Um, look, I reckon it goes like this: Scorpion says, "Get over here." Seamus gets over there, <laughs> but. <laughs> Scorpion didn't know that Seamus had the that cannon charged because you know in the game he had to stand there for five minutes. Yeah, the the Iron the Man Kamehameha, the Iron Man Kamehameha spirit bomb thing. Yeah, yeah, the that thing. Scorpion didn't know that when he invited Seamus to come in the vicinity. Uh, boom! Massive cannon shot. Scorpion's dead. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's how you see it going. Um, mm. I see it different. Um, the first round is slow. Okay, you have yeah. Samus and Scorpion both suggesting the opponent comes to them. It's like, no, you get over here. Samus like, no, 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 you come here. First round, draw. Okay. okay. Second round, um, Scorpion. 
gets the arrow through him and says, no, you come over here. In the meantime, Samus has been charging his thing, but Bruce Buffer in the background is like, fatality. So he gets to do his special combo, rips him in half, done, finished. Scorpion mm. wins. Yeah, right? okay. Bruce Buffer commentating Mortal Kombat. Oof. That'd be awesome. Fatality! That was good. That was mad. And look, I yeah. I do try, but um, look, I, I think that is probably the way it goes. Um, I would mm. like for our fans to let us know, do you think Lara beats um, Ronda or UFC 2? Ronda- UFC 2, right? UFC 2, Ronda, not 3. Um, you know, the, 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 the special downloadable content one. Um, yeah. Well, do you think uh, Scorpion beats Seamus? Samus, um, let us know. <laughs> Definitely let us know. Um, would be great to see because at the end of the day, you know, we do this for the fans. Um, but now, all right, next podcast. Mm, I've got one. It's your turn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, <laughs> If you don't know what I'm about to say, you've been living under a rock. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to put it on screen. Okay. Because I'm making the most I've got here. Yeah, I like this feature. The Harry Potter. Oh. Right. So, sorry, say it again. Harry Potter. The Harry Potter edition. The Harry Potter edition. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, UFC fights. Harry Potter style, mm. but in an octagon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking trolls. We're talking, you know, Fluffy the three-headed dog. We're talking Remus Snape, whatever his name is. <laughs> Remus Lupin, you know, Peter <laughs> Pettigrew. Okay. Mm. Everything, you know, from Dobby the House Elf to the dragons. Okay. Anything. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. So, you know, keep that oh, one ready. One. Mm, mm, that's a good one. Okay. Okay. I think, I think uh, guys, let us know what your matchups are, and we will bring up and debate our favorite matchup. Yeah. Sounds if like a plan. Any, Leave us. Please start supporting yeah. us, guys. Yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're really struggling here. Um, come on. <laughs> What's the, what's the issue? We're pretty fucking entertaining. I'm not going to lie. Um, anyway, but uh, I think that uh, brings us to time. It's been another fantastic episode. Bruins, thank you so much. My best mate, my co-host. I have so much fun doing these with you. Thanks again. It's a pleasure as always, brother. And, always a um, pleasure. Thank you, sir. And uh, can't wait to do the next one. Can't wait to see you all in the next one. Great, great episode. Felt great. Um, had a lot of fun. And um, was there anything else you want to say before we sign off? Nah, not really. Um, let's just hope a speedy recovery to Song Yudong and all of our UFC fighters who performed on the weekend. Just right, time to get in there one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you and Yudong next week. All right, guys. All right. See you in the next one, guys. <laughs>